Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate yeah. to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. The internet can be a blessing and a curse for mothers. It can give you an instant understanding community when you're feeling lonely and tired. But it can also hammer you with unrealistic images of what it means to be a parent. Think of beautiful-looking women in white with clean babies and organic food pulled from the veggie patch. Holly Wainwright's first book, Mummy Bloggers, was a fictional, very witty, sometimes scathing insight into this world. Her second novel, How to Be Perfect, follows the characters where we left them after an explosive night at the Blog Ars. I love that name, which was a night of awards for blogging mums. Hi, Holly. How are you? Hello. I'm great. Now, um, did you know when you finished The Mummy Bloggers that you'd be writing a sequel? No, I didn't. Um, I think that I, I must have a little deliberately left things open um, because I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with Elle in particular, who, if anyone's read the first book, Elle is the character that everybody asks me about the most. She's kind of the villain, if you like. Yes. The people who kind of love to hate her. And the the book, the first book ended with her like striding over the Piermont Bridge in Sydney and sort of pledging to disappear, but saying that I will be back. Um, so I knew that there was a story still to go, but it was a little bit after that that I decided, yes, let's get back there. Let's find out where she goes. How, what does that look like for you? So you're, um, you've got two young children, you work full time in a very demanding job. Were you like rushing between meetings and then just L pop back in your head going, <laughs> bring me back, come back to me. Listen, it sounds, you kind of sound like a bit of an idiot as you, <laughs> when you talk about um, writerly matters, especially because um, The Mummy Bloggers is my first novel. I certainly don't put myself in any kind of classes like uh, a novelist who knows what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, it's always been an absolute passion of mine and is a, a long fulfilled ambition to have written a fiction book. So I'm very, you know, I'm delighted that that has happened. But when writers used to say, oh, the characters stay with you and they follow you around, I used to think like, whatever. But actually, <laughs> when I finished writing The Mummy Bloggers, which I mostly wrote in a very concentrated period of time that I took off from my day job, I actually really missed them. I actually really missed the characters. Um, they did stay on my head and they also stayed on my bedroom wall, which is <laughs> my partner, much to my partner's chagrin, where I plot my novels out. It's just in post-it <laughs> notes all over the bedroom wall. So I, she was in my head, particularly Elle, but also Abby. And I, um, I guess I just kept brewing that idea. And then I sort of did a similar thing where I took a, a concentrated period off work over summer and just treated it like a job and worked, worked, worked and probably neglected my children quite a lot in the process. <laughs> um, I just have to go back to where you were saying you kind of miss the characters because they are very interesting characters. The book, similar to Mummy Bloggers, How to Be Perfect, there are similarities in, and I mentioned this to you before we came in here, that it's quite, it's, it's such a fun read and you can't help turning the pages. But even while you're enjoying it, I get this prickly, uncomfortable <laughs> sensation. Like there's a bit of me in each of the characters and I'm not sure I like any of them. 
I think that because both of these books are set in the world of social media and whatever your relationship is like with social media, whether you are an absolute uh, native who lives there or whether you just dabble or whether you just sometimes lurk, um, we all have quite a complicated relationship with it, I think. And I think that obviously what this story is about is about the way that women and mothers in particular portray themselves online and the things, the messages that they sell really to, to the rest of us. And as you said in your intro, there is, I, I never want to be portrayed as bashing this this kind of influencer world really because I think that it provides an enormous amount of connection. Um, motherhood can be still and certainly was a very isolating um, event in your life, especially if you're used to being out in the world. And I think that sort of online mothers groups, if you like, the tribes who form around certain bloggers and certain websites um, can be an absolute lifesaver for a lot of women. But there's no doubt that the flip side of that is what we call um, comparison culture, which I don't think that any of us are immune to. I mean, I know myself that I will find myself sometimes playing with my daughter or something, and you think, this is a particularly picturesque moment. (laughs) Maybe we're in a lovely park. Maybe we've just made some craft. Actually, we would never have made making any craft, but something. And you'll think, oh, I'm going to take a picture. Like, this is very Instagrammy. And then afterwards, you think, oh, that's terrible. I'm supposed to be present at all times. But I think that even for mere mortals, we have a little bit of that in us and we wrestle with it. But obviously for a lot of women and for the women in my books, it's become their job. Um, What I've done a little bit differently in How to Be Perfect is there's a character in there who is not a blogger, but she is a follower. Um, She follows Elle and she's a new mum who's very much wrestling with the chaos that the change to her life has brought and how she doesn't feel like her body or her life or a relationship or a home um, is what it was and that she's failing at all turns. And I think that that's something that a lot of new mums obviously relate to. And Francis, this character has kind of latched on to Elle and her following is like, if only I could be more like that. If only I could eat that. If only I could afford that superfood supplement. If only I went to the gym for four hours a day. If only I did, then everything would be fine. And I also think that that's an experience that a lot of women relate to. So I wanted to explore that. And I guess if there's a message, <laughs> and I mean, they're fiction books and they're meant to be a lot of fun. So I hope that they are. But if there's a message, it's that we should all just be a little bit wiser about who we decide has the perfect life online because we all know even when we find ourselves curating that particular crafty moment at home that it's not real life. (laughs) Give yourself a break. (laughs) You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Holly Wainwright from Mamma Mia. She is a writer, editor and broadcaster. Her first book was called Mummy Bloggers and this is her sequel, How to Be Perfect. It's out today, launch day. Congratulations. I still can't believe you managed to write in such a concentrated time. Um, so I, you were just touching on then the fact that um, we, a lot of people follow um, someone on Instagram or maybe their blog and take that as real life. Sometimes I look at different accounts and I feel a real um, dissonance between the image and the writing. Like I really connect with the writing and what they're saying and I think, yeah, I get why you have that many followers. That's a real thing to say about motherhood or parenting or whatever. And then I look at the image and I think, nah, what is that? I mean, my background's photography. Mm -hmm. So I know, um, also I take photos and not very good ones. So I know the difference between a very good photo that's been professionally taken and one that I've just snapped on my phone. Um, is, Is that part of the problem? I mean, I know I'm specifically talking about Instagram here, but the fact that some words 
before Instagram was big and people were just writing blogs, I could see a connection in that being a little bit more honest maybe. And then the pictures came into it and it just seems to have changed. Um, I think that's definitely true. I think that what that is really is um, how Instagram has been on the rise as Facebook has been somewhat on the decline. So although a lot of us ordinary mums in inverted commas still use Facebook a lot, it's not the platform that it was for many reasons. Whereas Instagram, I think, really appeals to our short attention spans um, and our love of really looking at pretty stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, Instagram is an endless feed of pretty things to look at. The thing we all have to remember, of course, is that we have the power to curate that feed however we want. I think sometimes I'll talk to young women in particular and they're like, this fitness blogger makes me feel terrible every time I look at her. You know, just when I think I'm doing well and my head's in the right place, I'll see so-and-so online and I'll look at her bum or whatever and I'll be like, oh, I'm terrible. What a loser I am. (laughs) And you're like, just stop following her you know but I think there's no question that images have taken an enormous um, emphasis away from the written words in a way and I think that also there's never it's never been more competitive to get that finger to stop at your picture so I think that although probably for a lot of bloggers the idea of that perfectly curated image is going away a little bit and now we're all about show us something real Really, how real is anything when you've stopped to take a picture of it? Even, as I say, that like intimate moment with my daughter, if I've stopped and thought to pick up my phone and take the picture, I'm immediately creating something fake, right? I just am. And I don't know that that's necessarily bad. It's just we should all be really aware of that so that when we're looking at that, we're thinking... It doesn't matter that my real life doesn't look that way because her real life doesn't look that way either. Is there an understanding, do you think, a general understanding that people who have massive followings are more often a business than they are just someone who likes to take pretty pictures? I think the thing that is tricky about um, influencers, as they're called influencer culture, is that I think there is a, an understanding when it's declared that this is a um, you know a sponsored post, this is a tag I'm doing because this person is paying me for it. You understand that. But what makes that post powerful and what makes that person worth paying for is the connection they built with you in the first place. So it's like the ads in a TV show in a way, except now everything is product placement. So I think that people do know that. But if they trust the source, they trust the source. And that's why influencers are so valuable. You know, you could, I think, again, it's it's an easy culture to critique. But at the same time, it's allowed a lot of women to start businesses from their lounge room who would never have been able to afford a marketing budget, outdoor advertising, any of the traditional things that you used to have to do. Now you can build that following. And I still believe that you have to have something good and original and different to build the following in the first place. Then when the money comes into it and the products start rolling in, how much of your authentic authenticity you get to hold on to you know that's a dilemma for everybody who's there but I would never begrudge a woman making a buck to be honest because we all have to (laughs) I think that the important thing is is a level of transparency and also again back on the user are you remember what you're looking at this is something that somebody's being paid to tell you you can decide whether that's of value to you or not Do you think mums in particular are quite vulnerable to that idea of comparison? Very much. And I think that, I mean, for me and the space that How To Be Perfect goes into that's a bit different from the mummy bloggers is that kind of is the wellness space, right? So 
I'm particularly susceptible to <laughs> the Instagram accounts of people who live, you know, in the hills of Byron Bay. <laughs> and they're always Instagramming their breakfasts. And their breakfasts just look so complicated. And they have 25 <laughs> ingredients and they're sprinkled with some kind of gold dust powder that if only I could afford it, you know, my mornings would be so much better instead of the morning that I usually have most days, which is me like sprinting out the door while screaming at the children and somebody's forgotten their hat. Somebody's refusing to brush their teeth. You know, I think if only I had that acacia bowl or whatever you call them, <laughs> a sigh, with the gut, with, then everything would be fine. I think mothers are particular, particularly vulnerable to that idea, um, especially in those early days of parenting when you're often feeling isolated, you're struggling with change, your body seems like a stranger who you've just got to get to know all over again. And that's why in this book, I kind of introduced the character of Frankie, who is trying to be Elle without realizing that even Elle isn't Elle, you know, of course. And also she is putting herself under more stress and more strain um, because of this endless comparison. But it's something that we all do. Yeah, I've got to say um, there there is, it is a very entertaining book um, with a bit too much recognition <laughs> for my liking for me. But um, I definitely encourage people to go out and get it. But first, you've got to read Mummy Bloggers, I think. Yeah, you do. You go do back, really. read the first. Will there be a third? Oh, I can't answer that question, <laughs> Siobhan. I kinda, at the moment, I don't think so because I might fall over. But um, you <laughs> And your know. husband might hear yeah, you he, say, agree to Exactly. It. He'll be like, no, I need to reclaim the bedroom. Get, <laughs> get those post-it notes <laughs> off the wall. Uh, you never know. Oh, brilliant. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks so much. That's Holly Wainwright, writer, editor and broadcaster. Her book, How to Be Perfect, is available now. This very day, we'll put up links to it on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.